0: And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf and joining me in the studio today is the Rev. Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good day. And Dr. John Vance, senior pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern.
1: Thanks for having me, Dan.
0: Well, gentlemen, it's uh, good to have you here today. On Our Agenda is a very interesting subject today. It's dealing with creeds and confessions and a variety of questions related to that. But uh, in the history of the Church, the Church has seen fit to document what they believed. Sometimes they're called creeds or confessions. So I guess the very first question that we have today is, why do we have creeds?
1: Creeds are uh, summary statements of the faith that's been once delivered unto the saints as the scriptures put it and it's a convenient way to um, not only remember the basic teachings of scripture but it also it's a uh, pedagogical device as well and sometimes they're in the form of catechisms uh, or confessions and they're very useful for teaching.
2: In addition to that, uh, they're also very useful for determining who's a heretic and who's not. <laughs> so you have the, that creed, and if somebody comes in and he doesn't fit the creed, you realize that this person, as a heretic, needs to be avoided. Mm-hmm. For
1: that reason, creeds ought to be drawn up carefully yeah. and charitably, and historically they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do define the faith in such mm-hmm. a way that... Um, we know um, what the basic teaching of the scripture is. And it also gives us a way to be unified. We're all on the same page, mm-hmm. singing from the same hymnal. Right. We're not fighting over always first doctrines first. You know, it's the Hebrews passage where it says, let us get beyond some basic things. And a creed mm-hmm. is a way to have unity on basic things mm-hmm. right. so that you can get on with Christian service and the life and mm-hmm. you're not always arguing over the nature of christ and whether he is god or not mm-hmm. uh that is uh, a ground that does not need to be plowed
0: can uh, either of you fellows give us examples of some early creeds in the history of the church
2: of course the earliest creeds of all are come from the bible uh, you go back all the way to deuteronomy 6 4 and you have the shema Hear, O israel the lord our god is one you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Mm. It's uh, It was interesting. I was in Israel. And we had a little uh, a case where we were in the hospital, and a young lady was speaking to us who had been the victim of a terrorist bombing. And uh, she, one bomb went off. She was going to that bomb. The second bomb went off, and that caught her, and she was a fireball. Mm. And she said as she went down, she figured she was going to die, and she recited that. Oh. Uh-huh. That was what she was reciting, yeah. And uh, of course, she did survive, mm. thankfully. Uh,
1: yes, and that was rehearsed over and over again in yeah. the uh, by the people of God, and uh, they they certainly knew that God is one, and there is no one beside Him, and certainly that is the deepest and basic uh, reality that we live in as uh, people who believe in the Bible. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: That that the deepest level of reality is one who never changes or uh, never goes back on his promises mm. and uh, is for us in Christ. So that mm-hmm. is a wonderful comfort. That's this one God and no other.
2: There's <laughs> a huge statement at that time when most of the religions all around them believed in
0: many gods. What about other creeds? That one came from the Scripture? Others? Yes, others there,
1: are the scripture? there are there are a number of uh, statements uh, throughout the Old Testament, but maybe the most prominent place where we get creeds that most people would know if we were to refer to them would be in the New Testament. There are a number of places. The hymn in Philippians chapter 2, what is often called the kenosis passage or the emptying,
3: mm-hmm.
1: where Christ empties himself and takes upon the form of a servant. That is a wonderful passage, mm. and it's in about five verses there. I think it's, what, 5 through 11?
2: 5 through 11, that's it. And
1: uh, as you go through that particular passage, you can see the nature of it. It is wonderful because it uh, not only summarizes the incarnation, but it helps you remember it. Remember, they didn't have a Bible they could open up to.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: And it's a good way to remember. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes some of the passages in the Scripture – are rounded off, the numbers, so you can remember it. One of the prime places is Matthew in the opening chapter where you have the generations. There were, uh, what was it, seven generations, seven generations, and seven generations. And that's obviously rounded off so that you might remember it. Because Mm -hmm. we do know there are more, those are not equal periods of time, Mm -hmm. but they summarize it through the main characters or main persons Hmm. in that period. Uh, I I think creeds are wonderful for that reason. John, do you have uh,
0: that passage that you could read for us from uh, Philippians? Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Yes, I do. Let this mind, it says, uh, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Mm. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord To the glory of the Father. Mm. And in Greek, it's actually more clear uh, that it is a creed. Remember, Mm. this is a translation.
0: Yeah. Mm. Well, that's a blessed piece of scripture, and to think that it uh, was one of the early creeds Mm -hmm. of our forefathers, our Christian (laughs) forebears. Well, I see we're uh, up against the clock here. We're going to be taking a short break in just about a half a minute. After the break, maybe we can continue to cite a couple more creeds from the Bible, but then also talk a little bit about this whole question of why creeds, and uh, mention a couple of other creeds that the Christian church over the years has felt it necessary to articulate, and maybe why they did that. But for now, you're listening to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this short break.
3: We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, Our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program.
0: And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, here as I have a uh, rough voice due to just getting over a cold, (laughs) is uh, Pastor... Mark Diedrich of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York And Pastor John Vance of the Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern We've been talking about creeds We looked a little bit in the scriptures at uh, Deuteronomy and Philippians And uh, during our short break, Mark, you mentioned another creed uh, A key one uh, from uh, Corinthians Maybe you could share that now with our listeners
2: Yes, there's a creed in 1 Corinthians 15 Starting at verse 3 For I deliver to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve. And it goes on. I think what's interesting about this creed is, with other creeds that we're going to find later when we look at them, Mm -hmm. you see some creeds that just say, this is what it is. And then you have other creeds that say, this is what it is, and here's the proof for it. And this is one of those creeds that says, here it is, Jesus Christ rose again the third day, and we've got proof. Mm -hmm. And all these people saw. And I think we're going to see that with some of the other creeds that, okay, this is what the Bible teaches, and here's the proof text. Mm -hmm. And it's important Mm -hmm. to have those proof Mm -hmm. texts.
1: I had a professor in um, uh, Dr. George Knight for uh, Greek Mm-hmm. Um, we were reading through the pastoral epistles, 1st, 2nd Timothy, and Titus. And he pointed out that the faithful sayings in the pastorals are mm-hmm. in creedal form. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to mm-hmm. seek and to save the lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those are our formulas. They're mm-hmm. very short. And, of course, the, the most basic creed in the New Testament is Jesus Christ is Lord.
0: Mm. Lord. I thought you were going to say that because you've said it before in your preaching. Jesus Christ is Lord. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Jesus, That is is the most
1: basic creed in the New Testament. And it's very short, obviously. There's
0: probably been some folks who have lost their lives over that assertion Mm -hmm. Uh under certain regimes.
1: Well, that's what separates a true believer from one who is not. You Mm. can't make that confession uh, without... Uh, understanding the consequences yeah. if you are certainly being persecuted. And I'm glad you yeah. brought that
0: up also. And that That's the aspect of um, regeneration of the heart um, causes one to want to confess what is true about the faith. And it's not the other way around. By simply confessing what's true, if you don't believe it in your heart, that certainly doesn't make you a Christian. Um, God does something in the heart. He, he brings us to life. He mm-hmm. grants us faith to believe the gospel and and we want to confess what's true about him, right. because we love him.
1: You know, it's interesting. The word "creed" does mean believe. Yeah, ah, I believe. Rita, yes, yes. Um, a confession to be distinguished a little bit from a creed is a longer formula concerning the faith or symbol. They're sometimes called symbols, and um, they're longer, and usually they're they're used to teach the faith in a more uh, in-depth
0: way. Mm. Now, what about? Um on Sunday, a number of churches will recite the Apostles' Creed. Is there a little history uh, surrounding that creed that we could uh, talk about?
2: Yeah, the interesting thing about the Apostles' Creed is it was supposedly written by the apostles, and each, I believe each one of them was supposed to have contributed a section <laughs> to it, but uh, we believe that probably was not true. We don't know exactly when it was first written, but I would say there was some talk about it from the 4th to the 6th century. Well, even in the
1: 2nd century, the Apostles' Creed is called the Early Roman Symbol. It's probably the first creed outside of the New Testament, and the Apostles' Creed may have been built on that
2: or on that. represent yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it has to be very early. Very early. Yeah. I would certainly think it would have predated the Nicene Creed.
0: Yeah. And, of course, that one we have a firm date for. Now, yeah. now before we get into that, I have a question here for one of you fellas, and that is, um, as I recall, when we have a baptism in our church, it's very appropriate to recite that Apostles Creed. And, and what's the background The, the, the there?
1: Apostles Creed was used early on. Mm-hmm. As a baptismal creed, that is, Mm -hmm. to prepare candidates for baptism. Mm -hmm. So in worship services, the church historically has used the Apostles' Creed to confess the faith as it represents one's baptism. So it's almost an every Sunday creed because what you're doing Mm -hmm. is coming and confessing your faith, what your baptism symbolizes. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a way that early Christians used to prepare candidates for baptism. Mm -hmm. And then they would all recite it together.
0: Now, there's a longer one, the Nicene Creed. And and Mark, you were starting to get into that, I think.
2: Right. The Nicene Creed, again, I mentioned earlier that uh, sometimes you have the creed so you know who the heretics are. (laughs) <laughs> and and this and, and this was one of the case in point. We had a a man by the name of Arius who apparently was a pretty good singer. He'd make up little songs and he mm-hmm. he was pushing the idea that Jesus was created. He was not God. Ah. and so a council was held and without getting into any of the details this creed was brought forth that uh, the Nicene Creed uh, declaring who Jesus was and notice in the creed it really focuses on I believe in God, the Father Almighty Maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible, and in his only Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And it talks about him being begotten, not made, yeah. being mm-hmm. of one substance with the Father. These are very important terms because it's saying, look, Jesus was not created. Mm-hmm. He's begotten, not made. One substance with the Father at that time, the Greek term is homoousion. He is of the same essence as the Father. He mm-hmm. is very God of very God.
0: You know, sometimes um, there's a tendency, I think, um, well-meaning, you know, new churches spring up. And I'm of the conviction, by the way, that a church needs to start a church. You just don't start your own church. But mm-hmm. um, you almost get the impression that people rediscover the wheel, as we would say <laughs> in engineering. <laughs> yeah. And um, really a lot of this um, is already nicely documented, isn't yeah. it?
1: Well, notice the nice creed is another wonderful feature about it. It's Trinitarian. Yes. Mm. It has three paragraphs, mm-hmm. a paragraph – Pertaining to the Father, the maker of heaven and Ooh. earth, a paragraph pertaining to the Son, okay. right. who is the Redeemer, and a paragraph pertaining to the Holy Spirit, who gathers the people of God together and the church. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's Trinitarian. It's already in its structure teaching the basic doctrine of the Christian faith, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the basic two doctrines, what yeah. the Trinity and the Incarnation.
0: I'm just thinking here, uh, somebody wants to look these up quick on the Redeemer website under what we believe. We have creeds, and uh, three of the creeds are mentioned there, Uh, the Apostles' Creed, Nicene, and the Athanasian Creed. And that's interesting, John, you mentioned how the Nicene is structured into those Mm -hmm. three paragraphs. Mm -hmm. In fact,
1: all of them are, all of those three creeds you mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, because they were very conscious of making sure that the Orthodox community, those who really believe the Bible, would subscribe and understand who Jesus is. He's not just a created creature. He is Mm -hmm. indeed the expressed image of the Godhead.
2: Mm. Mm. And, And I would say that that third creed that you mentioned, the Athanasian Creed, is a marvelous creed. We don't hear it very often, but if yeah. uh, you grew up in the uh, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, as I grew up in, once a year you would say that I, I, creed. Oh, really? And the reason you only did it once a year it was always on Whit Sunday or Trinity Sunday, mm-hmm. as it's often called. It's because if you looked in the hymn book, it was two columns, the full page, finely printed, but it is one of the most beautiful summaries mm. of the Trinity I think you can find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little
3: longer.
1: That's why it's not used as yeah. much. <laughs> that's a, that's took a long time it, right? to read it. Yeah. 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 By the way, the Nicene Creed is is uh, particularly associated with communion or the Lord's right. Supper. And the reason oh, is, yeah. is because all three branches of Christianity accept it and it reflects a certain kind of unity. Yes, uh, And it's very appropriate to use in worship at the time of the Lord's Supper.
0: And yeah. for someone just wondering what are you talking about, three branches those would be
1: well, the eastern orthodox christians the uh, and the two Western divisions, the uh, Roman Catholic and Protestant, mm-hmm. so all subscribe to this formally mm. Of course, again, you've pointed out you have to believe it in your heart yeah. <laughs> and faith is a gift
0: yeah, that's right from
1: yeah. God that enables us to confess these things
0: mm-hmm. now um, you had mentioned uh, confessions and that they are really a, a creed, but longer, more detailed, sometimes mm-hmm. called symbols. And um, there's a lot of confessions in the history of the church. Could we highlight, uh, while well, we still have a couple of minutes left today, uh, a couple of maybe two, three, four key confessions of the Christian church that uh, you know of?
2: Well, we say a lot of the confessions coming around the time of the Reformation. Mm-hmm and uh probably one of the the earlier ones that was very significant at that time was the Augsburg Confession of 1530 mm-hmm. and uh here again uh the german princes were all getting together at at the diet of augsburg and they're going to say well what do we believe what do we believe as a people and uh Actually, it was Luther's uh, right-hand man, Philip Melanchthon, who really probably was a major author of the Augsburg Confession. It's a wonderful confession, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, any Orthodox uh, Christian, I think, would find very little to, to quibble with. Mm-hmm. with and and there's a
1: formula that goes with uh, the Lutheran creeds that they love to say we. Preach, Teach, and
2: Confess. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> preach, yep. teach, teach, and, and confess. confess. It's
1: huh. uh, these these uh, creeds, uh, including the of Concord, which is excellent.
2: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was a little later. Uh, a yeah.
1: little later. They um, provide the preacher with a summary of the scriptures, and it helps you stay on message yes. and to oh, preach yeah. the whole gospel, the whole counsel of God. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, not just ride a hobby horse. Right. And uh, you teach them in your Sunday school or church school, and, and of course, you confess this is what we believe. A mm-hmm. uh, uh, wonderful uh, instrument uh, to help, as I said earlier, in the education program of the church.
0: Yeah. You mentioned um, bringing into the service on a regular basis. Um, that reminds me of the Heidelberg Catechism. That comes more from the... Um, Dutch reform, Dutch reform yeah. tradition, yeah. Yeah,
1: and Continental Reform. Continental,
0: yeah. yeah. And that's arranged by Lord's Day, as I recall. Yes, it is. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of neat. Yeah.
1: yeah, you preach uh, two questions uh, in the catechism. We didn't mention catechisms, but they yeah. work a little bit differently. It's a question and answer, a form, mm-hmm. where you ask a question and you get an answer. You can see the teaching function in that very clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the Heidelberg know. has a wonderful uh, opening. Yes. And uh, uh, what is your only comfort in life?
0: Yeah. yeah. Mark, you've got it there. Why don't you read that? John, I think has it memorized. <laughs> Do you have it memorized?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, me it's just a grand opening. That's yeah, <laughs> right. it, it is. It
2: is. What is your only comfort in life and death? And the answer is that I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him.
1: You know, w- one thing <laughs> I like about the Heidelberg, and the reason I remember it, it immediately focuses upon Jesus Christ in yeah. yes. the gospel, yes. immediately. Yes. Yeah. yeah,
2: it does. It, it It is. Now, of course, we have the Westminster Confession of Faith, and that one's the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and that one's first question is also, it's
0: just a marvelous question. (laughs) It is. A
2: little bit easier to remember because it's (laughs) quite a bit shorter. Yes.
0: Let's do this. Sure. Um, Why don't we review what that is and then hold off until next week because there's so much more to cover here (laughs) on the subject of creeds and confessions, and we'll get into a little bit more of that next week. But what is the first question and answer of the Westminster Shorter Catechism? What is the chief end of man?
1: To yeah. glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Well, that's, now, that's, a, that's a <laughs> grand opening. That is.
2: To glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Oh, and, 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 you know, that's that's the thing. And that's what creeds help us do. Yeah. To glorify See,
1: God. Uh, that one points you right away to a celebration of life. I <laughs> it don't, does. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't understand why uh, some, some people feel that Christians have to be morose. <laughs> when you can embrace yeah. all the goodness yeah. of
0: life that God has made and given us richly, says the Scriptures, mm, to yes, enjoy. Yes, Well, gentlemen, with that, I see the time has run out here on the clock. Um, this has been a plain answer, and we thank you for joining us today. In the studio with me has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern, Next week, God willing, we'll continue this discussion on creeds and confessions of the church. We thank you so much for joining us today. And please tune in next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.